The LA Clippers say they're running it back. And if they do, what three areas of the team do they need to improve? In this episode, I'm going to be telling you what those are and which free agents the Clippers could potentially look at, the list of free agents that fulfill those needs, on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, in my 18th season. Oh, actually, going into my 19th season in the middle of my 18th and 19th. As a Clipper fan, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where almost every single night of the playoffs, I'm going live to talk about the games. And of course, more Clipper content throughout the season and NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to tell me which one of these three areas you think is of the most importance. Now, I've ranked them in segment order with our first. And biggest need, in my opinion, if we do run it back, which is what the Clippers organization says they're going to do and what just seems like the most logical, quote-unquote. I don't agree, obviously. You heard what I said a couple episodes ago. I want to blow it up. I don't believe in this vision anymore. But you know what? I'm still going to support whatever the franchise does because I'm a Clipper fan and that's how I am. So the likelihood is that Chris Paul, Chris Paul, (laughs) Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be back. So what can we do to make the team better around them? There are three areas, in my opinion, positionally, that we can explore. The first one being the power forward position. Now, I think the power forward position, personally, has kind of died in the NBA in terms of the traditional power forward, which was a guy that was strong, there to rebound, played like a big man, could stretch the defense out to about 18 feet, and could even play in the post a little bit. Good rebounder. Now, it's really just a a bigger small forward. So a lot of guys that would be small forwards in the 2000s are power forwards now. Like, I would even dare say I think Giannis would be a small forward back then. I mean, he'd be a really big one. But his game with less spacing, it's not, I don't know. He doesn't have a jump shot, so maybe he would be a power forward back in the day. I don't think that was the right example because he's like actually damn near seven feet. But a guy like Pascal Siakam or Tobias Harris or even Marcus Morris, like when Tobias and Marcus Morris first came into the league, they were small forwards. LeBron James is playing power forward. Actually, no, Vanderbilt is. But various times this season, LeBron plays power forward all the time. When he came into the league, he was a small forward. So it's just a bigger three a lot of times these days. Somebody that can stretch the floor, but in the right case, you have a guy that can offer secondary rim protection. You look at the last couple winners of the NBA title, those teams, and who they had at that position. Well, this last season, you had Draymond Green, one of the best defensive players in the history of the game, definitely one of the best of this generation. How about before that? You had Giannis, just one of the greats. Before that, Anthony Davis, another great. 2019, Siakam. 2018 and 17, Draymond. 2016, Kevin Love. 2015, Draymond. 2014, Tim Duncan. So now we're past, we've gone past even the modern four, the stretch four, whatever it may be. The point is, all those guys were like all-star caliber players. 
The Clippers have severely lacked at this position. So we need to get younger at this spot. Marcus Morris, I'm going to do more episodes on this, but he's the biggest salary the Clippers need to shed. As far as the financial stuff, I don't have my finger on the pulse of every single thing just yet, but I do know this. As of now, the Clippers can really only offer a minimum contract. They have a team option on Eric Gordon's contract. He's owed $20 million next season. Now, whether they opt in and try to trade him or just don't opt in, which I think they shouldn't opt in because I don't know, even though he's an expiring deal, I don't know who wants 35-year-old Eric Gordon for $20 million for one last year. I mean... There are probably some teams that lack shooting and a little bit of scoring off the bench, but $20 million for Eric Gordon? I don't know. If I'm the Clippers, I don't touch that. I, I opt out. Marcus Morris. So besides that, that still wouldn't put the Clippers in a place where they can offer even the mid-level exception or go above a minimum. Now, if they got rid of someone like Marcus Morris's contract or even Rocco or Nico or Amir Coffey, then they can get, I believe, under that second tax apron, and they'll be able to go maybe even offer Westbrook the mid-level exception, which I think he would accept. But until then, we don't really know. Now, in this episode, I'm not really going to talk about that because the Clippers can make moves to shed salary potentially. So who knows what they can do? I'm just going to list all the free agents that are available at that power forward spot. The second position that I think the Clippers are obviously going to look for is a point guard, Russ included in that. So they're going to need a starting point guard. I assume that Bones Highland, the Clippers will opt into the team, uh, the team option there and will bring him back to come off the bench, which I think he absolutely should have that role next season. But who should start? I don't think Bones Highland should start unless you're really rebuilding. And as I said, this episode is about running it back. So I don't expect them to have Bones Highland as a starting point guard. So that means if he's coming off the bench, Clippers going to need a starting point guard. So the point guard position is the second part. Then the third one, potentially getting a stretch big. We have two big that are both a little bit slower footed. They're not switchable bigs. One's a good post player, but doesn't get the ball enough in the post. Another one is a very solid roller. He's more of a lob threat. One of them is a very good rim protector. The other one is just a poor defender all the way around. But both of them, or I, I shouldn't even say both of them, Plumlee did his job better in the playoffs than Zubats did. And I'm a big Zubats guy. It would be nice to have some variety what they tried to go for with Serge Ibaka. We didn't even have this with Hartenstein, but a second big that can stretch the floor. Now, the dilemma there is, can you find a big that can stretch the floor and guard? Well, Mason Plumlee couldn't really guard. So, honestly, we may not be losing that much there. So I'm going to explore those options, but let's start with the power forward option. Now, for this, I'm going to be reading restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, guys with player and team options, and we'll explore the possibilities of them opting in or out. Let's start with the first name, and I'm going in alphabetical order by team, so apologies if, you know, the more important ones come towards the end. Grant Williams. He's a restricted free agent. The Boston Celtics did not play him as much this year as last year. His three ball has fallen off a bit, but he is starting to play more in these playoffs, and he's really strong and has playoff experience. If I'm the Clippers, I absolutely take a look at this and see if they can offer him something reasonable. I don't think he's going to get a huge contract or anything like that. I would look into it for sure. You know, if you want to keep Nico or Rocco, I definitely think you should keep one of them, and the Clippers probably will. I would love if they kept both because I like both. But if you're not going to play Robert Covington, why waste him? Trade him for something, and we can get something back. But Grant Williams, I think the Clippers should absolutely look at him. I don't know whether the Celtics will try to match the, the offer. Cam Johnson, very interesting pick um, for Brooklyn. 
He's a restricted free agent. I would be shocked if they don't match whatever is thrown at him by any other team because Cam Johnson is a rising player. Obviously, he's going to ask for a lot of money when he does opt out. Whenever his contract does run out, his next contract, he is going to get paid for sure. He's the prototypical kind of guy you want as a role player in today's NBA. Can hit the three, can play defense, can guard multiple positions. Not too bad off the bounce as well, improving every season. And with, if you're the Nets, you're rebuilding. You threw all your picks to Houston for James Harden. You definitely want to keep as many good young players as you can. So I don't think Cam Johnson's going anywhere. But I'm just putting it out there. Another one, another younger player that was drafted in 2019, this will be going into his fifth season, is P.J. Washington of the Charlotte Hornets. Now, he's a stretch four. He can really shoot. The thing is, I don't watch the Charlotte Hornets enough to know how good he is defensively, and I really don't know how much of a priority it would be to uh, to get him back. He, they, the team hasn't been that great since they've gotten him. I mean, they made the play in the last two years before this one. and But I would honestly take a look at him if I'm the – Clippers, we want to get younger at this position mainly. We want to get younger. So notice the first three names. Grant Williams, Cam Johnson, P.J. Washington. These guys haven't even been in the league for seven years. So P.J. Washington, if the Clippers throw something at him, don't be surprised. I don't know how much he's going to demand. And now two older guys. Markeith Morris? Doubt it. And then Jeff Green. Of course, a former Clipper in Jeff Green. Playing some minutes right now off the bench for the number one seeded Denver Nuggets. Um, I don't know if they're going to want to bring him back. He's been bouncing around a lot lately. Obviously came here in the middle of the 2015-16 season, traded for Lance Stevenson. Um, he didn't have a great regular season with us. I enjoyed him in the playoffs, though. I thought he was he played some decent games in that Chris Paul and Blake Griffin-less crusade to see if we can keep the series alive that Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford literally bled for. But that was seven years ago. Jeff Green is old. We don't want to just get another older guy at that position, so I'm out on that. How about Draymond Green? It's just extremely unlikely. He has a player option. I would be shocked if he doesn't opt in. But, you know, considering everything that's gone on with the Warriors this season and the punch and if they do flame out and lose in these Western Conference playoffs for the first time in the Kerr era, who knows what Draymond's future is. But that being said, it's just I wouldn't even consider that. I think he's going to try to stay with the Warriors. How about a former Clipper in Jermichael Green, also playing with the Warriors right now, had a really good game two against the Lakers. It doesn't seem like he was much, actually, not that it doesn't seem. He wasn't really part of the Warriors' consistent plans this season. Would the Clippers bring him back? Now, the thing is, he's not getting us younger, and I don't know if I I would start him. Is he better than Nico Batum starting? I don't think so. Or Robert Covington, and he's too small to be a stretch five. So as much as I love Jermichael Green, he's a class act, loved him with the Clippers, don't think he's the guy. He's too old. A guy that's also interesting that's given the Clippers a lot of problems, Kenyon Martin Jr. Now, the Rockets have a team option on him, and they're a young team. I would be shocked if they don't opt in, considering the way he plays against us. But if they don't opt in, absolutely, that's a guy we can look to get. I don't know what he shot from three this season or anything like that, but his athleticism would really help. Speaking of older fours, though, Dario—actually, Dario Sarge is not that old, but Kevin Love. Doesn't make us any younger. Absolutely out on that. Dario Saric, you've seen him play kind of a stretch five role for OKC and Phoenix at times over the last couple of seasons. I actually like his game, but he's too small, too small to be a stretch five. He doesn't get us more athletic, and he's just kind of an old... I don't know how old he is, but whatever he is, he's on the older side of it. Whew. Now the most intriguing option for me. And more likely... Jalen McDaniels of the Philadelphia 76ers. 6'9", he's a little skinny, 
but he can really guard. You know, ideally what we want in this kind of player is somebody that's going to take the best player on the opposing team. A guy with size and length, someone like a Jared Vanderbilt for the Lakers. Jalen McDaniels could be that guy. I don't know how much he's going to demand, though. He'll probably want more than we can offer. But if we can find a way to get him, that would be fantastic. Now, somebody else, Jay Crowder. This is what's interesting about Jay Crowder. He's been kind of described as this malcontent the last couple of years. He didn't want to come off the bench for Cam Johnson this season, so he was not even reporting to the Phoenix Suns. Got traded to Milwaukee, shot like 40% from three in the regular season and didn't really get much burn in the playoffs. He missed a couple of shots, and Giannis obviously is going to play heavier minutes. And, you know, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez were staggered, so you didn't really see much of Jay Crowder. But the last time we saw him as a starting four, he was on the number one seed in the entire league with the Phoenix Suns. I would consider bringing him in. I think at this point he just wants to help a team win. I would honestly take a gamble on him for a minimum contract, which I think he'd be accepting of, to start and see how well he does. And if he doesn't do that well, we can go with Roko or Nico Batum to sub in for him and then bring him off the bench. But I, I know he's described as a malcontent, but the Clippers have had a good history of bringing in these players that have not liked their previous situations and turned their frowns upside down, as corny as that sounds. So I would actually take a look at him. And then there's Torrey Craig, who obviously, you know, Clipper fans are obviously going to be annoyed with since he plays really well against us. This is his first season starting the majority of the season. He's a little bit smaller. I think of him as more of a three. But with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out there, why not take a look at him? Shot really well from three this year. I don't think he'd want more than a minimum contract. I would take a look. And then there's Kyle Kuzma, who has a player option for $13 million. Don't think, I think he's going to opt out of that and get a bag, especially when he's posting on Twitter about how much he's going to get paid. So, he had a career high 21 points. He has also averaged 7 rebounds. No chance he's going to, you know, he's going to go for 20 million plus on the contract. And then there's the most like I don't want to say the most intriguing cuz it's extremely unlikely, but the player that would be the pipe dream for Clipper fans at this spot and that's Jeremy Grant. A guy that really hurt us in the bubble with the Nuggets, a guy that's gone got a fat contract and spent it on Detroit losing. Now he was on the Blazers, helped them a bit this season, but they fell short of their playing goal. He's a free agent. I don't know what direction the Blazers are going. I think they're going to want to play shade on Sharp more. I think Jeremy Grant needs to be on a win-now team. Why not try to see what we can do with the Clippers? We need to shed some salary. Got to do whatever we can to try to get him. He would be amazing for us. But that's what I think of the stretch four spot. But coming up, the point guard spot. Exploring Russell Westbrook's possibility to return and the other guys if we don't get him. Going to be talking about that coming up. Every championship team is all about making sure a player is a perfect, every player is the perfect fit. If it's the same when it comes to your vehicle, or should I say it's the same when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. Dot, I, when you shop at eBay, when you shop on eBay Motors, Jesus. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride, let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items apply eligible items only exclusions apply 
All right. Time to take a look at the point guard position. So Russell Westbrook, he's going to go for his money. I think the only way the Clippers can get him back is if we don't get Eric Gordon's contract back, we shed some salary, can offer him the mid-level exception. Other than that, I think he's going to be looking for a contract upwards of $15 million per year. And I think he will get something between 15 to $20 million based on the way he played this past season and his age. So we're not going to talk about Russ here because I've already made an episode on him, the last one. So what I'm looking for in this position is somebody that's better than Bones. If they're as good or not really that much better, then I don't think we should do it because we also have the option of point Terrence. But if Ty Lue's still the coach, that's not going to happen because he doesn't believe in that, and we know that. So let's go by that criteria. Aaron Holiday. You know, local guy. I think he would be really interested in coming to the Clippers on a minimum deal. I have not liked what I've seen from Aaron Holiday, though, in the pros. I think he takes a lot of really bad shots. Um, he shoots pretty well from threes, but a lot of his shots are threes. And he's kind of just bounced around. And I think the Hawks did a lot better when they didn't play him as much. So I don't, I'm out on Aaron Holiday. I don't think he's better than Bones. Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly already said on his podcast he's going to go for as much money as he can get. I don't see the Clippers offering him anything around the, the $10 million. I think they would only offer him a vet minimum. He has proven to stay a little bit healthier these last two seasons, but he still misses a decent chunk of games, and he is declining as well. And I think Chicago really liked him. He definitely made a positive impact for that team, and he's at home. So I think he's just going to return to the Bulls. But it would obviously be nice. I would take Patrick Beverly starting, honestly. Why not? Just because I like him so much. But he's old and unavailable, so maybe not. Kobe White is a restricted free agent, and he really started to come alive late in that season. Now, remember, Lonzo Ball is still out next season for the entire thing. So I would expect, and Kobe White might get some offers thrown at him with the way he ended the season and some of the performances. Like against Toronto when they won that play-in game, he was really good. And he even had a really good stretch in that game against Miami when they got eliminated. So I think someone would offer him something. I think that the Bulls will match it, though, for this upcoming season. Then there's Kyrie Irving who we're just not going to be able to afford. And I don't even know if I want to afford him. Frank Nilakina, also on the Dallas Mavericks. Good defensive player. Hasn't shown too much in the NBA. And I don't think he's better than Bones Highland, so I'm out on that. Corey Joseph from the Detroit Pistons. Just too old at this point. He's not a starting point guard. Same thing with George Hill, who a couple of years ago I would have loved. But nah. Then there's D'Angelo Russell. I would absolutely take D'Angelo Russell, but he's going to want like $23, $24 because this is his prime contract. Like He's going to want to get the most money he can get. I'm pretty sure the Lakers have his bird rights. So I think the Lakers, if they're smart, they won't go for Kyrie Irving. That's the only way they don't bring D'Lo back is if they go for Kyrie Irving or some other team pays him something that the Lakers are just unwilling to match, which I doubt considering how much better the Lakers have played since D'Angelo Russell has been their starting point guard. And I believe that D'Angelo Russell's best years are ahead of him. So hypothetically, if the Clippers could sign him, that would be really cool. But I just think that's extremely unlikely because he's gonna offer, he's gonna want a lot of money. But another Laker point guard that I think the Clippers could potentially sign is Dennis Schroeder. Now the way he's playing this season, I'm thinking he's gonna try to get a contract of like two to three years, ten million a year, about thirty million. As of now, the Clippers can't offer that. So. He is someone to look at, but I think he's going to try to be brought back by the Lakers because Darvin Ham really likes him. So I think it's unlikely. The thing about, But one thing I love about Dennis Schroeder is he really plays defense, and at the point of attack, he's pesty or pesky. 
Goran Dragic, a couple years ago would have been nice, but he's too old now. Austin Rivers, love him to death, but also passed it. Derek Rose, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. Matthew Della Vadova, also old. That leaves us with five other guys. Now, one of them is Kendrick Nunn. Considering he was pretty piss poor on the Lakers, was a little better on the Wizards, and he's not better than Bones Highland, I would not consider him. Then there's Gabe Vincent, who's having a really good playoffs for the Heat. I did not check his contract before this episode, I'm not going to lie, but I would assume that he's going to try to make some money here. He's going to try to make around 10 plus million. So I don't think the Clippers can offer that. But I would definitely take a look at him if you can. If you shed some of that salary, I would take a look at him. Would I want him to be the starting point guard? Honestly, I'd be okay with it. He's like 6'4". He wouldn't be a small guard. Then there's Trey Jones from the San Antonio Spurs, Tyus's brother. He's a restricted free agent. Averaged about 12.6 assists this year on 45% shooting. I think the Spurs will match. He's a pretty good young player, but who knows? I think they will match, though. But it would be nice to get someone young in there. And then two guys with player options. One is Jordan Clarkson. He, I don't think he's exactly what we need. I know he can draw, you know, multiple people, draw multiple defenders and get two feet in the paint. But he's kind of a gunner. And we have that in Norman Powell and Bones Highland. So I just don't think we need so many score first guys. Jordan Clarkson also was only making $14 million this year. He is going to try to make real bread this this uh, upcoming contract because he has shown these last couple of years he can score on a playoff team. So I don't think the Clippers are going to be in the ballpark for him. And not, I, don't really think, I don't think we need his kind of archetype. And then the one that's been in the discussion with the uh, in trade rumors for the Clippers, Fred Van Vliet. Now, he's owed $22 million next season, but I think he's going to opt out. And since he's 29, I think he's going to try to go for you know, I, I still consider that someone's prime. In the NBA, I consider the prime 27 to 31. With today's day and age and the salaries, um, I'm sorry, the surgeries and load management, I would even say 32, 33. Fred Van Vliet is probably going to try to get a lot of money here. He turned down a contract for about $27 million a year for four years in the summer with Toronto. So if he's looking for that kind of money, the Clippers will not be in his ballpark price-wise. But he would obviously be really good. Uh, I would like him, even though he's kind of a gunner, but he's played with Kawhi. He's won a championship. Good player. But coming up, going to look at the last one, a stretch big. Who are the possible candidates to replace Mason Plumlee if he doesn't come back? Going to be talking about that coming up. All right. So some candidates for a stretch big. Nikola Vucevic, unrestricted free agent for the Bulls. His best days are behind him. I don't think he'd take a vet minimum. I think he'd just take a smaller contract. But if the Clippers could get him, the only issue with him is he can't guard. Is he better than Zoo? I think he still is. But our rim protection automatically becomes worse. However, I'm not saying no to having Nikola Vucevic on the roster, really. We, that would be a great scoring punch. He's capable of scoring 20 points on any given night. But will he accept the contract that small? Probably not. How about Christian Wood? Now, he's almost certainly going to be out of Dallas because Jason Kidd just didn't really like his archetype. He's kind of a tweener four. He's a four. He can be a backup five, but he can't defend really. However, he can score in bunches. So I would honestly take a look at him. I really would. He would stretch the defense out a lot. He could be used situationally. And I think he would be down to take a solid contract for a team that's better than the one he just left. He's never. He talked about it himself that he's never really been had a chance to show on a good team how good he is. 
it didn't really work out for him like that with Dallas. He didn't even get to make – he still hasn't played a playoff game or a postseason game. I think if you come here, you have a good chance, Christian. So I would honestly be down. Then there's a worse version of that in Thomas Bryant, who's more of a tradi- more of a center body type-wise. He was on the Lakers and was not happy with when Anthony Davis was playing that he wasn't getting certain minutes. Then he went to Denver and very quickly was taken out of the rotation there. He can't guard, and he's proven to be a little bit of a malcontent. But especially if the Clippers get Russ back, I think that Thomas Bryant would be a decent option because Russ and him work really well in the pick and pop. And imagine giving Russ a pick and pop big. We haven't even considered that possibility. That would be fantastic. Steven Adams wasn't that. Clint Capella wasn't that. Giving Russ a pick and pop big could really help him. And Thomas Bryant got injured early into his season with the Wizards. He's not a good rim protector like that. He's kind of like Mason Plumley in the sense that he doesn't seem to time blocks very well, and he's an undersized five, but I've seen some good moments of him in terms of blocking shots occasionally. Like, I don't think he'd be worse than much worse than Mason Plumley is what I'm saying, and I think he would stretch the defense out, and I think he's just looking to stay in the league. So Thomas Bryant would be a really good option. Another guy that's kind of interesting to talk about is Mo Wagner for the, for the Magic. I think he's a better defender, but I also don't watch him all the time. Um, I could be really wrong on that. But he's got really good size, and he's more athletic than people give him credit for. He's not as good as his brother Franz Wagner, obviously. But I've seen him make threes, although he only shoots 31% from three. So it seems like one of those big guys that thinks he can shoot, but he can't. Um, but yeah, I think he's an option. For sure, he's younger than Mason Plumley, And I think that he could offer some of the similar skills. And then this is the only one of these choices that's not a stretch big, but I would love to get him, like love to. And that's Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have a team option on this, but if they bring Steven Adams and Brandon Clark back, that kind of makes it seem, and with Jaron Jackson, Tillman can often be the odd man out. The way he played in the playoffs, I was so impressed with his ability to finish around the rim, his defense, his strength, the ability to move his feet. I would love to have Xavier Tillman. He was better in the playoffs than Zoo was, and he was going against AD. I would love to have Xavier Tillman. So even though he's not a stretch big, I would take that all day. It gets us younger and more athletic as well. And then even though this guy doesn't make us younger and more athletic, I doubt he leaves Milwaukee, but Brooke Lopez, he's on the older side. He was one of the best defenders in the NBA this season, but he's really only a drop big. That's the thing with Lopez. So very similar to Zubats in the playoffs, we've seen him kind of get schemed out. Like in the finals a couple years ago in those first two games, Chris Paul was killing him in drop. But I would, I mean, Lopez, even better drop defender than Zoo, can shoot the three, more post game, was a former all-star in the league. So he still has that level of confidence that like I was an all-star. I can still score one-on-one against certain guys. I would love to get Brooke Lopez, but I think he's still got some money to make. So I doubt we get him. I think he's going to be back with Milwaukee. And then the the Jeremy Grant of the stretch bigs, the pipe dream, Nas Reed. He's a little undersized, but this guy has a lot of talent. He can handle the ball like a guard, and I don't throw that out there lightly. He can shoot the three. He's got a nice push shot. He's aggressive and athletic. I think he's going to get paid. So I don't think we're going to get him. But oh my God, how perfect would he be? He would be amazing. And then Chris Stapps Porzingis had a career year scoring. Average, I think he shot like 50%, 38 from three and 85 from the line. He's owed $36 million next season though. I think he's opting in because why wouldn't you? I don't think he's going to get that much money again, but who knows? If he opts out now, teams might be inclined to offer him 25 to $28 million a year for the next four years. If he plays 
poorly this season or gets injured, he won't make as much for the contract. So it's a dilemma for him. Either way, don't think we can afford him. But here are the two final choices that I think, or three, that I think could be very possible. One is Drew Eubanks from the Portland Trailblazers. Shot 38% from three, averaged like five rebounds a game this season, about 10 points, and he averaged a block a game in not that many minutes. He's not bad. I would consider it. If you want to stretch big, I've seen him get some block shots. He's more athletic than people give him credit for because, you know, he's a white guy, so everybody assumes he can't jump. White man can't jump. He disproves that from what I've seen. I would consider it. Played a couple years in San Antonio. Played with the Blazers. Let me look at his stats right now. I didn't want to pull up anyone's stats because it seems to slow down my computer. But he's only 26 years old. Wow, only born one year before me. Average six. Oh, I said 10 points. I'm sorry. Good thing I checked this then. Six points and five rebounds. But last year, he averaged 14 and a half points. This year, he shot 39% from three, but he only shot 0.2 attempts a game. So I don't even know if that's a, you know, something that I can really go for. So maybe he's not a stretch big, but I don't know. Why not? Why, why not consider him? And then two Sacramento bigs. I'm almost positive one of them is going to be on the way. Trey Lyles was exactly what I'm looking for, but I think considering the way he played in the playoffs, Sacramento will absolutely bring him back. And then the guy that was taken out of the lineup because of that is former USC Trojan Chemezi Metu. Now, Chemezi shot 32% from three this year, if I'm not mistaken, and he's athletic and young. He is a little undersized, though, and skinny for an NBA center, but being that he's from USC... And it's just looking to stay in the NBA. Yay, 6'9". I would absolutely take a chance on him. Absolutely. Because he can stretch the floor. I mean, he only shot 24% from three this year. And shot .6 attempts from three. So, again, another one of those three-point shooters that can't really. But here's the thing about him. He can stretch the floor in this sense. He may not be able to shoot threes, but he can shoot 18-footers. And I know that shot's not very encouraged. But in pick-and-pop situations, just having a guy that can pop because we don't have either with Zoo or Plumley, that could make the defense think a little bit. So I think it's worth a shot to look at. Obviously, Nas Reed is the number one choice there, but we'll see. But let me know, which position did you think is of the utmost importance? Power forward, point guard, or a stretch big? Let me know. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper content and NBA content. Also, subscribe to Locked On Clippers, and you let me know in the comment what you think. The age-old proverb continues... Go Clippers.